become aware of it. Being like, well, I'm feeling angry right now. I say make friends with your emotions and feelings because when we have a friend, we want to listen to them, ask them questions, get to know them, be there for them, be present. And that's the exact same thing that you get to do with your emotion. So anger comes up. Hey, anger. Hey, friend. What's going on? What are you feeling angry about? What brought that up for you? What need isn't being met? Because most of the time, an emotion is telling you that there's a need that's not being met so that you can meet the need. You're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, And we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Today, I'm sitting down to chat with Amanda Evans, from Mind Body Soul Miracles. Her website, mindbodysoulmiracles.com, has tons of information, a blog, and every detail you need about the services that Amanda offers. She believes that anything is possible with the right support system, and she wants to help you and your family grow, love, and learn to connect, communicate, and play together. And that is a mission that is totally my jam. I love this conversation. Amanda is also a new author and you can buy her book right now on Amazon. Eat, Play, Love is the name of her new book. I hope that you guys will show her some support. Tag her online when you're listening to this episode. And if it sounds like something that you want to dig in more to, check out her services or buy the book. I know it will mean so much to her. Kids love her. (laughs) Her office was just this beautiful explosion of color and play and fun. And I got to take it all in while we were doing this interview. She is definitely about embracing play. And I know this is a conversation that comes up with a lot of women that we just, we get into things. We are maybe in a little bit of survival mode. We're busy all the time. We're tired. And embracing play and fun can be a struggle. So I hope this episode helps you embrace a little bit more play in your life this week. Thank you guys so much for your continued support with the podcast. Amanda is here today, and I'm so excited for this interview. Welcome to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here, and I know we're going to have so much fun today. Yes. So we are in the same community of authors. We're in the same like network with the same publisher. And I recently got to sit in on a group call with a bunch of authors. And I heard Amanda share her story. And I witnessed this like beautiful, you know, I don't even know how to put words to what it was. But basically, somebody was walking us through like, helping us articulate our stories. And it was, just, I, I was so like taken with your story, but also taken with, you know, the guests that we had. And so 
that is how we are here today. As I was like, quickly introduce to you and your new book. You have a new book. Okay. Tell us all about the book. T- start. Let's start there. Tell us about the book. So, the book is actually called Eat, Play, Love, A Recipe to Rewiring Your Brain, Finding Your Fun, and Rediscovering You Again. And there's a reason it's it's inspired by Eat, Pray, Love. There's a moment in there. But it's really, it's about my journey healing from a very long journey that started with a brain injury. So actually a concussion, which is technically a mild traumatic brain injury. But as I talk about in the book, there really is nothing mild about it. And it very much so changed everything about who I am and how I functioned. And it was a cracking open journey to all the things that weren't really me so I could find out who I was. But of course, I say that in this eloquent way, but nothing was eloquent in this journey. (laughs) And the book is really an invitation for anyone who's had trauma or a brain injury themselves or is just struggling after the past few years in COVID and realizing that maybe they're, they're not feeling quite like them. And so it's very much so like my background is I was a teacher more on that in my book too, but I like to simplify things funny that we're here in the name of your podcast. I like to make things easier and more applicable and more fun. And one thing I loved about teaching kindergarten and kindergarten is that there was show and tell or show and share and Everyone lights up when they get to share something and show it to everybody. And so the book is really, it's, it's like my tell all of that journey with very practical and tangible tools, but in a show and share style. So it's like, here's a little bit about this part. And then here's how you can take it into your life. So really it's like a very wholehearted, raw, real and relatable journey that even if you don't have the same story, or past that I did, there's something in there for everyone, it sounds like, from the people who have read my book. Oh, I love that. Now, what you guys cannot see, but what I saw the minute I was introduced to you is like, when you picture like the fun, creative kindergarten teacher, like that is what your office looks like. Behind Amanda is like a pink filing cabinet and rainbows and like all the things. And I know that there are so many listeners right now that heard you and this beautiful, like, you know, tagline of your book. And we're like, Oh my gosh, yes, I need more fun. I need more play. Do you like, tell us about that? Like if there's people listening and they're like, yeah, I've just been in survival mode and taking care of all the things and all the people. And I don't even know if I can remember the last time I had fun. (laughs) What would you tell them? I would say a lot of things, but I'd also say first, be gentle with yourself. Like, don't make it wrong that you're not a playful person or playing right now, because that is a lot of societal conditioning and about who you thought you needed to be in this world. And and I want to talk about that and break that down a little bit first and then talk about what play really is and how you can just lean into it more. But what I share in the book is like my journey to getting to be a person who prioritizes play because I was not. I talk about there's three P's that I learned through that journey, like after I hit rock bottom and realized that I was like, do, 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 stress, 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 need to overachieve because I talk about so much of the soul healing and learning from having a brain injury was when I was a kid, I was very insecure. I'm going to be honest about that. And... Like I always thought I needed to be better, work harder, 
get the straight A's, be the nice kid to every single person, like really like high expectations. And I say that as if, if you're hearing yourself and what I'm sharing right now, be gentle and know it's a process. So don't get from type A to play right away. <laughs> and I tend to rhyme sometimes when I... <laughs> it's the Mary Poppins in me. It's just going to come out. But I talk about why when I was really cracking open on the soul healing part, I was reading Brene Brown and she talked about the three P's and I'm like, holy, she just pegged me right here. This is what I came to heal through this because for anyone who's had a concussion or brain injury, you kind of suck at everything. I'm like that. That's the only way I know how to describe it from someone who like, prided myself in in working hard to be good at everything when I was younger. It was impossible to be that person with a brain injury. And I say that and I still did it. I still found a way to with cognitive challenges and brain fog and daily migraines and headaches, still found a way to graduate university, even though it took longer with like close to straight A's by the end, because I did it in a more slow and methodical way and also didn't have a life while doing that. So I did not get the point of the journey then. And that's very much so in my book. I kept going until I couldn't go anymore. And that cracked me open because when I actually got to the point of the mud, I talk about mud as an analogy in the book, it showed me that maybe the whole point was for me to learn to love and accept myself and know that I was worthy without the thing that I thought made me me, which was being smart as a kid. I thought that like, being the the three P's are performing perfectionism and people pleasing. So I break those down with some fun examples in the book, but it was understanding that what I was really being invited into was knowing myself and finding out if I took those things away, who was I and what mattered? And I took years off of working then because when I, I got my dream job is basically the long story that I talk about in my book. And, and then I, I couldn't do it. So I was like, well, I feel like I've tried everything. It was like that white flag surrender moment. Nothing's worked. So I'm like, I'm going to go all in. Let's go all in on this healing thing. And where I was eventually led to through all of it was to play again and to spend time doing the things that light me up. And for me, and like, this makes sense. You can see everything in my office. For me, it's being with children. Like, but without the need to achieve or perform or like, it's like without the school stuff with it, it's like literal child's play. And so part of my healing journey was I took that time off. And I eventually, once I felt a little bit better, I nannied a one-year-old for a year. And I got to live doing what I love and going on walks every day and playing and watching the wiggles and singing and dancing and playing hide and seek and doing all those things because that's my essence. That's what my soul loves. My soul loves spending time with kids. My soul loves meditating. My soul loves singing. And like, honestly, something that I'm doing right now is for my birthday this year, I actually asked for karaoke microphones, USB karaoke microphones. And we sing all the time with my friends and my family. And when I talk about play, this is my personal definition. It's that thing that you love doing so much that it's like time goes away. And if you're listening to this, I want you to get to play on your own timeline. So don't rush yourself. 
because there's a journey to that. But also take away whatever you think play means and figure out what is that thing that when you're doing it, you stop thinking about your to-do list. You stop thinking about maybe mom guilt. (laughs) Stop thinking about needing to do it right. And you're just right there with you, with your joy, with presence. And my invitation is that if you're ready to start getting into that more, it's like, it's like a journey to starting any new habit. Start small. Notice how it feels when you add that in and then increase it as you go. So like, there's a really great episode and I think this isn't in the book, but if I were to add something, it would be this. There's this really great episode of a show on Netflix. It's called Life in Pieces. And it's so great because it's, it's so real and relatable. It's like a family with multiple generations. So like the aunt and uncle, cousin, grandma, grandpa, all that. But there's this one episode where one of the people in it says she's taking up meditation and, and everyone's so celebratory of it. Like they're like, Oh yes, that's so great. You're meditating now. And she's more of like a high, strong, like lawyer type person. So they're all like, this is great. You go meditate. And. What actually they show and the family doesn't know is that she, she'll be like, Oh, sorry. My alarm went off. I got to leave the table now. I'm going to go meditate. And they're all like, yes. But then she starts meditating and then she's like, Oh, I hate this. And she starts playing candy crush games on her phone and (laughs) waits until the ding goes off at the end of the meditation bell. And it makes me laugh because that is how I would prescribe play to someone. I'd be like, Yeah. Instead of meditating, go play for 20 minutes. And it's going to have the same benefit on you as meditation would. And it might actually be more fun. It might actually have a greater benefit for you. So it's a really silly example from a TV show, but I actually think that's the greatest thing that people could be prescribed right now. It's like, set a timer for 15 minutes or 20 minutes and do something playful. It could be literally coloring like you're a kid again and tapping back to that playful, magical inner child. Or it could be playing with your child, or it could be literally sitting, listening to your favorite songs and not doing a thing. Yeah. I think that it's, it's interesting because those of us who have like allowed ourselves the space to figure out what it is that gives us that feeling, then there's a lot of us that haven't like, and they're like, uh, playing with my kid doesn't feel like it. I'm not sure. Like, what would that thing be? And I think. I like that you're prescribing it. And also like, I like that there's permission in what you're talking about, because the point is that you're self-aware enough to know you need it. And then to like go out and explore and figure out what it is. For a really long time, I wanted to paint. Like I wanted to, somebody had asked me once in this beautiful coaching session, if you could come back and do anything with your life and with zero fear of failure what would it be? And I told her that I had this vision of myself in like painting overalls. (laughs) And I thought for a really long time that I needed to paint. Like I was like putting it off. I was judging myself and my ability to paint. And then I sat down to paint. I like was like, I could take it or leave it. I'm not sure. Like I built it up in my mind. Like I'm talking a year. My therapist was like, Kirsty, you really got to do this painting thing. Like, and you should try and commit to like two or three days a week where you just give yourself half an hour to paint. But then when I did it, I had like the beautiful acrylic paints. I had like, you know, asked for everything for my birthday. Like he said, then I sat down and I was like, I don't know. Like I didn't run back to it the next day, but I like, at least I gave myself the permission to try. I mean, and also I've since been like, 
I wonder if I was seeing myself in the painting overalls because it actually had something to do with like renovating a home or like doing property. Yeah. (laughs) So funny to share that with everybody because I told so many people that I was putting off painting, you know, like I was going to become some abstract artist or something. I'm like, Oh my God, I did it. And then I just didn't go back to it. Like I could take it or leave it, but at least I tried. And I know my thing's not going to be karaoke. So good for you. <laughs> Everyone now knows that I'm probably just spending most of my week singing karaoke. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really funny. Okay. That is awesome. I love that. So tell us about your career that led you to like the question that's on my, my mind to ask you is like, why are you the right person to write this book? Because I know that the answer is I've never answered this yet. So I'm excited to find out why I'm the best person to write this book. I think, okay, I'm going to be honest because I, I've been through hell and back. It's the answer that's coming out. Like I walked through the mud and there was a point in my life when I did not think it was possible. And And I do share a bit about this in the book, but I think there's so much more to it is there's been so much healing that's gone into like the decade that was my twenties when most people were playing and living and learning how to, I guess, be in community and, and have friendships and and do the early adulthood thing. And for me, I was healing and I've learned so much through that. And someone somewhere needed this book and I used to tell it because I remember sitting, reading all these other books and being like, but there isn't one that speaks to this, that speaks to everything that the type A person goes to being wild and free and playful and heals from a brain injury and like every other illness that I was somehow diagnosed with through that. And I'm like, wow, like there isn't enough words that can actually express the miracle that is what I healed and overcame and transcended. And why I need to share this story is because, because it's actually really fun. And I think that we make healing hard and I made hard until I learned that it didn't have to be hard anymore. And until I had the like, click moments where instantaneous healing can happen even after years and years of the hard and the slow and the trying everything and it not working. And in those moments when we feel like we've tried everything, we need hope and a story of what's possible. And that's why I felt like I had to, had to write this book because when we tell our story, it ignites healing and possibility in somebody else. And I actually open up my book with a moment that did it for me. But there were like so many moments of people sharing and being like, whoa. But the reason I actually needed to write this book was because early on in my like concussion brain injury journey, I was actually told that I had plateaued and wouldn't get better. And so much has changed in terms of supporting people through that journey now since back when I was diagnosed because they didn't know enough about the brain and neuroplasticity and what was possible then, which is what I got to learn through my journey. But for me, it's the words that we use to support people and what we tell them is truly possible to make or break someone's future. And those are the things that sit in our subconscious. 
and dictate what we do, what we try, what we believe in, what we can create with our lives. And all it takes is one person's story to change your perception and to change what can start believing is possible for you. And that's huge. It, it's so true. It, I've talked to so many people now that are writing and becoming authors and we do share that like need to want to help others heal through our story. And you know, what's really interesting is as I'm hearing you share this, like you're told something that is really crushing and devastating. And the, this probably the determination to be successful, that thing that like, you know, that was the very thing that helped you, right? Where like you, oh, it's so interesting how like we can put those pieces together. And like you said, it doesn't have to be hard. Like we can, we can use mindfulness and simple breathing to like help us over time, reset our nervous system. We can identify like the cycles that we want to break and we can look at our childhood and like, oh, I, I really thought that my smarts was why everyone loved me. And then I had a brain injury and that's significant, right? Because it's like threatening to take away the very thing that you believed. Wow. It's like, it's, I don't want to oversimplify it because it's huge, huge things. Yeah. But then you're like, I love what you said that it doesn't have to be so hard. It and it took me a long time to learn. And I honestly am like, if I'm being real, writing this again, I brought back the hard until I had the click moment again. And I'm like, Oh, it gets to be easy. (laughs) That's the thing about like, when I say simplified, I don't always mean easy. Like sometimes there's like a messy, muddy, like you called it, path that you need to take, right? Right. If we embrace it and allow it, I think Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I really think if this book does anything for someone, it's, it's going to bring them to a place of like messy love and acceptance for themselves while also just having this, like, it's almost like an inner warrior and like inner, like, I can do this. Like, something else is possible and I can finally hear myself. There's a moment in the book where it's like, oh my goodness, this intuition thing just started happening for me. And it came through the mess and it came through accepting myself in the lowest of lows and learning to make friends with my emotions that's huge and a practice that we do our whole life. Okay. I want to hear more about that because I know you go through that in the book. Yeah. As I heard you talking, I was like thinking about how, you know, you went through this traumatic brain injury, but anybody who's gone through something traumatic is in some state of grief. Right. And so Like, as I hear you talking about things you couldn't do, like when I was grieving the end of my marriage and the end of my career, I felt at times like, why the hell can't I do this? Like basic thing I used to do before, but the grief was real. Like it really messes, like it really messed with me and my capacity. I mean, there's a lot of people that have had brain injuries. Like, so (laughs) there's a lot of people that can resonate with that. And even if the story has been kind of different, there's still going to be so many people that can resonate with this story because the the immediate, like when you describe the, the, what the injury did and how it affected your capacity, that's where my mind is like, Oh my gosh, like I can completely relate to that. Like in a frustration of like things I used to be able to do that I can no longer do. 
I wasted a lot of time resisting it and being extremely frustrated with myself and like how I could support clients. Like I couldn't support clients. I could, there was so many things I couldn't do. And I was like, what the hell? Like, okay. So I want to hear more about, you know, your leaning into your emotions. You said making friends with your emotions. And I want to hear more about that and tell us, because I think there's a part in the book that can help people and kind of give us a taste of what we can experience in the book. There's there's a really good part of the book. And it's when I realized that I had been resisting feeling for a while. <laughs> and something that's really interesting that I'm going to share, because we can notice this when it happens in our body, maybe a less extreme example, maybe an extreme example. During like the earlier few years of, of like healing and living with the after effects of the brain injury, I had tried like all of the things. So all of the alternative approaches to like so many things. But one thing that I was doing was acupuncture. I tried it. Like I literally remember like, and at one point, like my best friend was sitting there at one appointment with me right by my head. I've got needles like in my head, down to my toes, like every part of my body. And I just remember feeling like this does not work. Like nothing works. But I would leave an acupuncture appointment and just cry. Like I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, but crying makes my head hurt more. So it's not helping its words. But something that was being called forward for me was to finally feel things that I never used to allow myself to feel that I had pushed under the surface and never let my emotions be my friends. And I was being called to finally heal and feel those things. And I didn't see it that way then. So I was making the thing that was helping me actually do the feeling wrong. And eventually it like came up because nothing was working. I was hitting that wall where it's like, well, I can't do the job that I gave up everything to do. I can't even socialize with the people that I love because it's so uncomfortable and creates symptoms for me. And nothing feels good right now. And I was in a real rock bottom and felt like I'd also been to so many psychologists and all these things that I just like was not open. I did not want to go to one more appointment, one more thing. Like it was a very give up moment, which is actually, that's why the title comes in. It was when I was called to watch Eat, Pray, Love and had this like, Oh, I wondered on my knees prayer thing that didn't feel like it came from me that that opened me up to be led in a lot of ways. But the chapter I talk about making friends with your feelings is how I put it is what I was guided to see my first I would say coach because she took a coaching approach with me because she knew that that's what I needed then. But she was a spiritual psychotherapist. And this is like so prominent for me because I I remember how it felt then. And I put this hat on whenever I get on a 30 minute connection call with a potential client because of how profound this was for me. And it was the moment that I walked in nervous, resistance up the wall, not wanting to see one more person. And she just got me. And I think I cried for an entire 30 minutes. That was the moment where we got to the heart of the matter of why my brain injury was so hard for me because I didn't feel good enough. And that not good enough was at the bottom and at the heart of everything. And I finally got it. I got why everything was so hard for me. And I got to feel the things that I had been avoiding from the things that I had been running from. And 
it was also when she, like, as every therapist starts with, so tell me about your childhood. <laughs> and, and I, at the time, just said, like, oh, you know, it's good, and da-da-da, but cried the whole time. So it's like, obviously, my tears are saying a lot of things that my words are incapable of right now. So I know that I've learned a lot about the difference between feelings versus emotions since that part of my journey. And I might share a little bit on that because that'll help people to know. Because there's something, there's something that I learned through the journey that I then had to unlearn in a way and write it from the new perspective. But it's around like the law of attraction and focus on what you want and feel good all the time and all of that stuff. It can be helpful because we want to get into the frequency of how we want to feel. And visualization was a big tool and a big part of how I healed. And we're going to keep it real because we're not saying what's true right now. We can't get the support that we need. And sometimes when we have a vision and want to stay in the frequency of the future, it actually draws in the people who we need to support us to do whatever we need to do to actually be there. And sometimes that is making friends with a lot of trapped emotions or unhealed things or false limiting stories that want to come up and out of your body so that you're embodied with this new vision. What emotions are, and this was a big thing I learned as a master coach in Element and Coaching Institute, but it's that emotions are energy in motion. So emotions are actually like a response to an event that happened. So for example, if, if you experienced a loss or something traumatic, there's grief and that there's emotions that need to be fully felt and processed and come up and out of the body. And the other thing about emotions is that they all have wise messages for us. So learning to embrace and understand anger was a big part of my journey because up until then, I would have been like, I'm not an angry person. I just don't feel anger. And something as women, like culturally and societally have done is it's safer to feel sadness or depression than it is anger. Whereas a lot of like men, and I don't feel it's actually this way anymore. We've done a lot of work on that. Like I think as a society, but it used to be safer for men to feel anger rather than sadness. So we would lean into what's socially acceptable for us to feel. And this idea that like, I remember hearing that depression is anger turned inwards. And that one landed for me. So I want to speak about anger because this might have an aha moment for someone. If you don't feel safe to feel anger, you might be depressed or sad or really hard on yourself. But anger teaches you something. So if you actually let the emotion of anger be welcomed, feel it, not project it, feel it, own it, mindfulness, let become aware of it and like, oh, I'm feeling angry right now. I say make friends with your emotions and feelings because when we have a friend, we want to listen to them, ask them questions, get to know them, be there for them, be present. And that's the exact same thing that you get to do with your emotion. So anger comes up. Hey, anger. Hey, friend. What's going on? What are you feeling angry about? What brought that up for you? What need isn't being met? Because most of the time, an emotion is telling you that there's a need that's not being met so that you can meet the need. So if we walk it out and say, I'm going to feel happy right away, <laughs> we actually don't get the thing that the emotion was trying to help us get our need met around or our desire met around. So by instead of blocking it and forcing ourselves to feel something different right away, we can passionately get curious. And we say, hey, what is this? 
What are you feeling? And then you can be like, am I sad? Am I mad? Am I annoyed? Am I frustrated? Am I overwhelmed? Am I exhausted? Like, could be a lot of different things. Why is this here? What is this emotion trying to tell me? And we, we start to get curious. Maybe it's just breathe and hand on your heart and listen for the answers because the emotion knows. And oftentimes when you are literally just present to something and breathe, it dissipates. But one thing that I share is like, there's a chapter that's love is my superpower. And then I really talk about how the energy of love is what helps me heal and, and transmute sickness and alchemize things that needed to alchemize within my body because love is one of the highest frequencies. So I do understand that my healing happened very frequency and vibration related, but it's the idea that if we're making something wrong, we're not loving it. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, if, and I'm going to give the example, cause we talked about before this of like what came up this morning and something stuff comes up so I can talk about it in a relatable yes. way. So yes. You know, when an emotion comes up and you're like, oh, why is this here? Like, I really don't want to be feeling this right now. And so you try to push it away a little bit. Like, okay, well, I shouldn't be feeling that. I should feel this because the evidence in my life is all these things are going great. So why can't I be grateful for that? But this feeling is still here. If we're making it wrong by being like, you shouldn't be here, it's going to get louder. But if something is really uncomfortable and we can love it, being in the love frequency with that emotion actually means you're just being love. And so I, I've thought about how do we break down this idea of higher and lower vibrations and feelings? And whenever we're in love with anything, we're actually just in love in a higher frequency. So if we're with our lower vibrational feelings with a space of presence and love, there is no low. There's just that. There's just love. And so this morning, I shared a little bit with you before this about like, I woke up and it was funny. It was just my dog was very barky and I love him. And he's not normally like this, but today it was just like, burr, burr. <laughs> and, everything. and I'm like, that's interesting. But I noticed what was coming up around a few things was just this like annoyed feeling. And I was like, okay, interesting. That's interesting. Again, getting curious first, acknowledging, just being aware of what's here and, and then going with it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I know that we're going to have this podcast later. Maybe I'm being shown to work the steps in my book so I can talk about them later. What I do when there is, I actually break it down. There's a chapter about making friends. No, it's not that one, but you could make friends with your emotions here and just get to know it. Or there's another chapter and it's about moving through your fears with love and acceptance, but it could also be moving through an emotion with love and acceptance. So it's a four-step process. And the first one is to name, name what's up, name the fear or the emotion or the shame or the guilt or any of those things. So in this case, it would be name, name what's present. And it was annoyed. So I'm going to name it. That's it. Name it. I'm just feeling annoyed right now. Why was I feeling annoyed? I named the reasons I was feeling annoyed. Like literally like the dog's barking a lot? Literally the dog's barking a lot. I don't know why he's barking. I feel like I'm doing everything. Trying to train him not to bark feels very complicated and I'm not always sure I'm doing it right. Quote unquote, right? Like, and 
this, that, whatever. You just name it. And then something in that, like I can feel it now. So I'm very much of a somatic coach with people. So I can tap into things happening. And as I'm saying this right now, I'm like, oh, interesting. As I'm naming that, something weird's popping up on the right side of my chest. Cool. That's where something wants to move. And why I talk about this is for people, when stuff comes up, it might not be present day, which is why we can say, well, everything's great. I feel like, why wouldn't I be grateful for all this and be happy? Because there's not something here, but it could be a really old emotion that's coming and releasing out of your body so that you don't need it to be inside of you anymore. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I would then move to step two. And step two is it's it can be longer if we're not familiar with being able to love and accept ourselves in uncomfortable places. So step two is to love and accept whatever's there. Now, if we can't get to love and acceptance right away, we start with acknowledging. Just just acknowledging. Because acknowledging with presence can be enough if that's all we're ready for. So I, w- I would be like, okay, I'm right here. I see you. I see you and I'm right here with you. I can acknowledge you. Normally that lessens it. And if you can say, and it's even like tapping, if anyone's done tapping, it's like the, even though this is here, I completely wholeheartedly love and accept myself. But love and acceptance is always the thing that I feel alchemizes anything because it's like, even if it didn't go away, I could still love it. So annoyed feeling, even though I don't love being annoyed, I'm, I'm loving and accepting you right here. And that, I can already feel it. That lessens it a little bit more. It's not as strong because I'm just present with it and I'm not making it wrong. Now, the other practice that I actually have in there, it's based on gestalt therapy. And it's this idea of kind of like playing and role playing through stuff. So in, in the book, I talk about an example with fear, but it could be annoyed. You could be like, bring out two toys or your kids stuffed animals and be like, okay, this one's going to be me. This one's going to be annoyed. And you could have a dialogue back and forth. Be like, Hey, annoyed, why are you here? And then let annoyed answer and be like, well, let it speak. And then come back to the other character who's you and be like, Oh, well, that makes sense. I'd feel annoyed if that was all going on for me too. And the idea is emotions. Just want to feel heard, just like as humans and as parents and as children and as all the things. All we want is presence to feel seen, heard, and understood. So when we can do a dialogue like that and allow the seen, heard, and understood to happen, it releases and alchemizes from the body. Now, there's a little bit left, and this is the knowing of being really aware of your body. The next step is my most favorite, and to step away and play. Right. So if you feel like the emotion's really big and you're struggling to find love and acceptance with it, or you're a little bit in your head and unable to be in the present because it's big, it's like, you know how when you're little, there's like the stop, drop, and roll thing? Stop, drop, and play. Just hit pause and do something playful. So it could be go and paint, but it could be, it could be turn on a Netflix show that you feel called to watch and watch it. And in my experience, we're intuitively guided to things that are going to support us to see things in a different way. So sometimes you're called to watch this Netflix show, which is bringing you a lighthearted way of viewing the issue that you're having or of seeing something in a very different way than you've ever seen it before. That's actually going to bring you the solution because sometimes when we're stuck in something, we can't see a different way. 
when we actually need to get into a different frequency. So if we tap into fun or tap into play and let ourselves be led or do something different, we will receive the healing. We will also, I talk in the book about how play gets us into our parasympathetic nervous system, where healing happens naturally, where we get out of fight or flight and freeze, and where if our body's in that parasympathetic state, it can heal naturally and emotions can move more easily. So sometimes if we're just not thinking and we're not in our head about something, whatever needs to happen will happen. And in the book, I say it like, I let my body do its thing. <laughs> That's literally the only way I explain it. Because I'm like, I'm not controlling it anymore. Yeah. Just going to let it do what it needs to do. And when I'm playing, I'm not in my head. I'm not controlling. I'm having fun. When I'm having fun, it gets to be easy. It gets to move. I get to trust that whatever needs to happen for me, for my body, for my family, for my business, for my whatever will happen because I'm not holding on with the claw of control that is stopping the good things from happening. So if by that point, the annoyed feeling is still there, well, then go do something else. But most of the time that process will like alchemize it and, and allow it to dissipate from your body. And the step four is go, go do the darn thing. So the whole example is if, if you're, if you're fearing doing something, like we talked about getting back to doing things we weren't able to do before, that's kind of the system to, to move through anything to be able to then go take the step you need to take or get back to doing something that felt scary. But if it's the thing that's bringing up the annoyance in you, do the process, feel a little less annoyed, and then get back in the game of whatever it is that you were going to do but felt too annoyed to get to. Right. I I really like how you've given so many examples of how you can do each one of those steps. And like different moments, you're going to have more time or more like resources or whatever to do them. Or maybe like if you're trying to walk your kids through the process, then there's like... And something tells me that you did not like how... Like what I guess when I'm like listening, I'm like, yeah, well, you didn't take out your stuffed animals while you were like doing your hair when you were annoyed by the dog. So like you can also get to a place of being able to like move through the steps really swiftly to be able to carry on with your day. Right. Like I use the example of usually when I'm like straightening my hair and I'll be, and if, if I can have like a tool, a step by step process to be able to like shift the way I'm thinking about something, it has to be able to fit into the time that it takes me to straighten I love that. That makes so much sense. But I think what it's interesting, You one word that really stood out for me was trust. And if you haven't done this and you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. It's like, read the book, pull the nuggets that are like meant for you, yes. put them into play and like, See, put them into play. <laughs> I was to have the pun on play, but put them into your life. Like, you know, try them. And the only way to build trust is, is to try it first and see like, Oh, look at me. I like released this like super frustrated emotion and I didn't even like get angry at, you know, my spouse or whatever, like I normally would have. And then the next time you've already, you just, you keep building this like inventory of ways that it worked. And then the trust comes. Cause I know. When you say that, it comes from a place of having done it so many times. Yeah, it's embodied there. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, before we go, before we wrap up, because this is just like 
awesome. I want to know where people can continue to be inspired by you and learn from you. So where can we connect with you online? Okay. So you can head to my website and I will drop a link so you can buy the book, but my website is mindbodysoulmiracles.com. So you can find out more about me on there, more about the book. And you can also follow along on Instagram, which is mind underscore body underscore soul underscore miracles. <laughs> awesome. All the links are going to be in the show notes along with the link to buy your new beautiful book. I cannot wait to read it. And I'm wishing you all the very best with the launch and everything. Thank, Thank you so you. much. And I'm so excited to read your book too. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for following on this podcast. And thank you so much for showing support to all these beautiful authors. And thank you again, Amanda, for joining us. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.